This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek from the Breezewood Equestrian Center in the hills of Mars, Pennsylvania, and that's above Pittsburgh. Okay, not to be whatever, I didn't know you were in Mars. That's like the one place in Pennsylvania I've spent a lot of time. <laughs> really? That's weird. No. Yes. Oh, we have to talk that about that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm not in Mars. I'm in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for August 18th, episode 2749, brought to you today by Stateline Tech. Good morning, horse people. Well, the reason I am in Mars, Pennsylvania, is we are staying at one of our auditor's places, and Jamie happens to know her pretty well, too. <laughs> her name is, name is Hannah, and she's barn manager and horse trainer here at Breezewood Equestrian. Hi, Hannah. Hi. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for having me. I'm sitting at your kitchen table, so <laughs> and we're right <laughs> Just across. Just so you know, <laughs> Hannah and I are like best friends, even though we've never met. I'm so <laughs> excited. I didn't know you were going to be at Hannah's place. This is so cool. Well, I didn't know that Hannah had one of the horses from Horse and Hound that you had trained until we got here, and she said, hey, this is one of Jamie's horses. So. <laughs> yes, she has Sebastian Haas, which I believe you named him Finn, which is a great name for him. And uh, how's he doing? I mean... Aside from being, like, the cutest thoroughbred ever. He is the friendliest thoroughbred ever. He is yeah. so... He loves people. He just loves yeah. people. <laughs> he does. He is the sweetest thing. Um, he currently is on stall rest, though. Um, he has mm. a cyst on his fetlock. Um, but hopefully, on the 27th, we'll be getting the clear to start hand-walking and getting him back into shape. But sweetest. Everybody loves him. Borders are threatening to steal him. <laughs> he's great i remember you were inquiring about horses and i i know that when i finished his training uh he actually the reason i didn't i actually didn't finish his training because he had just come off the track like days before he came to me and i did i was able to get on him and ride him and stuff but i just thought i called Nelden. i'm like this horse just needs more downtime he hasn't had you know, I like him to have three weeks to a month of just standing around and learning to be a horse before. And he came off the track and he, I, I mean, he was so sweet, but you could just tell he still was like a big bundle of energy, you know, nerves underneath there. So when I sent him back, I, he was there for about three or four more weeks and Hannah contacted me and she said, do you know of a horse? And I said, I do. <laughs> I the perfect one. Um, because he's not super easy, but he's not, you know, he's, he's not dangerous. He's just, he's training. And I thought if anybody can do that training, it's Hannah. So, so it's going well, aside from assist on his fetlock. Which by the way, I looked and we have never covered that in the 500 health tips we've done. So Jennifer's <laughs> working on that for next week. Yeah. I don't even know what that is. So is that like surgical? So he, we, so far we're lucky we're escaping without surgery. Um, Lots and lots of stall rest. Um, and we just did pro stride about two weeks ago. Um, and his last x-ray on July 10th, it's 60% gone. So hopefully on the 27th, when we re-x-ray, it will be gone and we can 
go back to work. Another one of our sponsors too, ProStride. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. She has a lot <laughs> I, of sponsor stuff even, around here. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's great. Well, um, I'm glad it's working out and he's heading in the right direction. And, and he truly, Jamie, is the friendliest thoroughbred I've ever seen. He crawls in your lap. Oh, and he, he just looks cool. your face. He yeah, just he, loves. He does. He literally mm-hmm. licks your face like a dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. He was very special. He was one of my one of my favorites, which is why when you contacted me, I'm like, oh, I got a good, 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 good. I love this one. You can have a good one. That's well, great. I'm well, we're going to talk gonna... to Hannah some more later about what she does here. And she comes from a horsey family, unlike some of the others we've met along this trip who are, are first time horse people. Uh, not not in Hannah's case. So we're going to talk about that. Before we go on with the show, I'm going to try and do this without crying. Uh, so yesterday on the way to Hannah's place, we went by Uncle Jimmy's uh, warehouse. Uncle Jimmy's warehouse was right along the way. He's one of our sponsors of the road show, and it's been a sponsor of ours for 10 years, probably. Uh, and we've talked about the fact that Uncle Jimmy passed away a couple of weeks before the road show, before we actually started on the trip. And they decided to continue sponsoring it. Uh, his wife said Uncle Jimmy loved us, and we, he, wanted, he would want it to continue going. So we said, well, let's still, we were supposed to stay at his place for a couple of nights. And we said, oh, okay, let's still stop by and see how everything's made and what they do at the warehouse. And uh, his wife, who he had only been married to for two months, uh, Colleen was there, and she came running up to us and, and crying and gave us great big hugs and said that, you know, Uncle Jimmy just loved you and Jennifer and Jamie, just loved the three of you. He loved coming on the show. It was one of his favorite things to do. And uh, so we got to see how everything was made. And Jamie, the Uncle Jimmy's hanging balls are made by hand, truly by hand. <laughs> Wow. Really are they? They mix up the batter. I don't know what you call it—the sweet feed the, batter thing. The that batter, Uncle, yeah, the batter. I don't. They didn't even have a name for it. The goop. You take the goop and you put it in this mold, and they mold it by hand. And then I got to looking at the hanging balls that were all sitting there, and they're all a little different because they're molded by hand. So, and then the squeezy buns—they were making squeezy buns. I got to help with that. So there's a video of me doing that. It was kind of like the Lucille Ball scene where she's doing mm-hmm. the candy. That was kind of what it was like. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so it, they truly are all handmade. What a great company and Colleen's continuing it. Uh, his wife is continuing it, but she wanted to sh- me to share with you a, me- a message from Uncle Jimmy that was left to her. And she thought that all of the listeners who've heard Uncle Jimmy's stories and how he's kind of bigger than life, well, he's bigger than life and death too, because this is what he wants to happen. And she wanted me to tell the listeners about this. So he actually had written out an envelope to her and said, if I ever die, open this. And it was his wishes about what he wanted to happen after his death. And he wanted to be cremated, and he loved peanuts. So he wanted his ashes to be put in a peanut can from Costco, a specific peanut Costco can with the peanuts he loved. That's where he wanted his ashes put. He wanted part of it spread on the arena that he did mounted shooting in, because he's a big mounted shooter. He loved that. He lived for mounted shooting. And for the rest rest of his ashes, this is what he wanted to have done. So he wanted to have her to hire a band, have the wildest party they've ever had at the farm, are you ready for this, Jamie? He wanted you to, her to take the rest of the ashes, put it in the manure spreader, and spread it across the farm. So, no way. <laughs> honest to God, that was what he wrote down. And doesn't that sound like Uncle Jimmy? <laughs> so, oh, so she's having a party in October. And she's doing exactly what he wants. They're going to spread his ashes with the manure spreader. And we were all crying at the time she was telling us this story. And then we were all laughing because it's, that's what Uncle Jimmy does. So that's what's going to happen. He's going to be spreading the manure spreader at the party. 
<laughs> so. What a dude. What a guy. <laughs> and bless her for for putting up with him. And then I'm like, okay, sure. I'll sure. put you in a peanut can. <laughs> Doesn't it sound like him? <laughs> so yes, funny. Yes, of course it, it is does. so funny. Oh, wow. All right, let's do some Daily Winnies. I only have one birthday today, and that's Dr. G, Dr. Jimenez, who, of course, has been on this show many, many times. She's president and owner of uh, Technical Large Animal Emergency Rescue, and it's her birthday today. So happy birthday, Dr. G. we uh, we got to get you back soon. Well, actually, we could have her back right now with all the rain we're having. We're probably going to have flooding up here. So do you have an emergency plan, Hannah? Cause... No. No? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's how much they listen to our show, Jamie. They really listen well. For those who don't know, I've been in a bit of a COVID crisis. We have a, somebody who came down with it. So we've had to, from school, quarantine. So Lucas has been under quarantine and uh, he gets to go back to school Friday. So I feel like nothing has been happening in my life. And, and thank you, uh, Glenn, for reminding me that something big happened. Uh, I'd like to give my husband my daily Winnie again. He got it on Monday because if y'all remember, it was a, uh, my husband's going to pick me up a horse. He's going to get me a horse. And it turns out it's like a five foot tall fiberglass giant horse. Glenn, he drives up on Monday with this horse. And I don't know how I thought it was going to ship, but he had taken the <laughs> truck to the airport, but he can't take the truck and trailer. I don't know. I was just envisioning putting the horse in the trailer. It First of all, the horse's name is Steve. I let Chad name him. He named him Steve. Is it for Steve? You know, Steve, Captain America, Steve? I don't know. He's <laughs> wanted to name a horse Steve for like five years. Every horse that comes through the barn, he's like, can we name it Steve? And I'm like, no, <laughs> we cannot name him Steve. I'm sure there's horses named Steve out there, but like, it just hasn't felt right. You know, we have been waiting, saving the name for the perfect one. And he's like, this is Steve. And I was like, yes. This is Steve. <laughs> you finally found him. Uh, so anyway, I don't know what I was thinking about how Steve would arrive, but it was a little disturbing when I saw my husband drive in. He had my my truck. It's a Dodge 3500. It is a big, big truck. Well, Steve is so big, he did not fit gently in the truck bed. How he fit was when he drove in, it looked like there was a dead horse in the back. And I was on the ground, so I couldn't see in the bed. All I saw was four legs <laughs> sticking up over the side of the truck. I cannot. I mean, he, he drove up. I almost cried, and I almost, I started laughing hysterically. It was like, it was so disturbing, yet so hilarious. And, and he had driven from southwest of Dallas up through Dallas and then all the way up to Norman, Oklahoma, which is about a three hour drive, but he hit three separate traffic jams. So he was stuck in traffic. Were the accidents caused by seeing him driving with a dead probably, horse? In his probably. Five, almost five hours he drove with a dead horse in the back of the truck. And it was just bizarre. Although and it is so Texas, they, you, they might be a sight you see every day. <laughs> 
<laughs> hold on, hold on. Lucas, I, go find a snack. Just get something. You'll be fine. Get the, a bar. I don't care. Lucas is home. <laughs> <sighs> That's okay. Go, it's okay. Go ahead. Yeah, Zoom school. Taking a break. <laughs> snack time. What do I get for snack? I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I'm a little busy. Well, that's good that, that Steve's home. And how does Steve look? Now, we were a little concerned on Monday because you'd only seen pictures of the one side and not the other side. Is there a big gaping hole on the other side? No. I so she, I would not have sent Chad over there until it's like buying a horse. I'm going to see a live video of it. I'm going to see a picture of Steve's <laughs> other side because all the photos were on the near side. I'm going to see the off side. So uh, she finally sent me a picture. I'm like, okay, great. So she he goes to get Steve and he brings Steve and we unload Steve, which was not as easy as unloading a normal horse. Okay. <laughs> Sliding it down the truck bed. And it turns out Steve has like real hair. I did not expect him to have real hair. It's not like shag carpet. Not, I mean, it's not like, you know, luxurious or anything, but it's, it's not plastic hair, which I hmm. guess I thought, of. uh, anyway, and he's huge. He is ginormous. Like uh, the whole point of getting Steve was to practice tacking up the, the, the tacking procedure for uh, all my clinics. Glenn, I can't reach over his ears to put a bottle on him. <laughs> He's so dang tall. So I'm going to have to get a step ladder, like a mounting block to put underneath Steve's head. So I can actually put a bridle on because he won't lower his head when I ask. <laughs> and so he's, um, he's got lymphangitis in all four legs. And for those who don't know what that is, that is, uh, Glenn, uh, a really uh, swelling. It's huge. He has <laughs> no discernible tendons whatsoever. It's just little four, four little tree trunks. Um, there was concern about whether he would be a gelding or a stallion. Yeah. He is definitely a stallion. Oh, fully intact. Wow. Well, there's uh, another lesson about your clinic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he only has one descended testicle, so he is a crypt orchid. Uh, another thing about him is his penis doesn't seem to retract. It's kind of <laughs> poking, it's poking out, Glenn. It's a little weird. I'm not kidding. You. I'm, I want you to call he, your vet and tell her you have a job for her. I need, I need something done about this. Like, there's some sort of tell her to bring a Dremel tool <laughs> issue with his private parts that need to be addressed. Uh, and the other thing Wait is, a minute. he has. So you, you have another horse. You have to clean the sheath. I'm not cleaning this. It needs to be just sanded away. It needs to be sanded down. Cause it's, I mean, I'll take pictures of it and post it on the horses in the morning auditors, Facebook page. If you want, would you like that? Would you like to see genitalia of Steve, the fiberglass horse? I don't really have a need to. How about you, Hannah? Oh, I'm good. Oh, you're good. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're fine. She, not seeing the pictures. Actually, Hannah's like, text it to me. <laughs> uh, I will. Um, so yeah. Th then the other, the other bizarre thing about Steve is that Steve being a crypt orchid intact male stallion whose penis doesn't retract. He has a very, very luxurious eyelashes, <laughs> like really long eyelashes. Better than yours. Uh, girls pay money, a lot of money to have eyelashes that are this long and luxurious. So I, you know what? I'll take a vote. I'm going to put up a poll after the show like goes live and everybody gets to hear it. I'm going to put up a poll. Who wants to see close up pictures of Steve? <laughs> 
You better I put like that it. in the auditor room where we're going to get uh, like a nasty you. comments. Yeah, I, I'm not just going to post on a random page who wants to see Steve's genitalia. Like, that's not going to be a thing. <laughs> but anyway. And on that know, note, so going on with the show. <laughs> so uh, we're going to hear from our title sponsor for the trip, for the road trip that we're halfway through now. We just, this is the halfway point right here. So today is it. And uh, Jennifer has left. You won't hear her anymore. She's oh, disappeared. No. Actually, the only reason she's staying on the trip now is Hannah has promised her a trip to the tax shop this afternoon. <laughs> so. Oh, good, good, good. So there's that. But let's hear from Kentucky Performance Products, and we're going to be back and chat with Hannah a little bit about her pretty farm here in the hills above Pittsburgh. She swallowed hard as they walked into the start box. She could feel his muscles tense under her leg. Five, four, three, two. One, have a great ride. She didn't have to ask. He galloped out of the box and across the field toward their first training level course. His ears pricked, her heart pounded. He attacked each obstacle with confidence, clearing them with room to spare. A huge smile broke out on her face as she crossed through the finish flags. She leaned forward and buried her face in his neck. Their bond of love and trust blocked out all else. This love story is brought to you by Elevate. Research proven to have superior bioavailability. Elevate supplies the essential vitamin E often missing from the equine diet. Its all-natural formula supports healthy muscle and nerve functions. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. So we are how far from Pittsburgh here? We're about 30 minutes away from Pittsburgh. And it is not a big town. How the hell do you know about it, Jamie? <laughs> oh, my god! Mars, Pennsylvania. So, I mean. I, I, I worked for a guy. Um, his name was Ramon Becerra, and he traveled around and did, like, shows. So we did Equitana in Louisville, and, and then we were heading to the Hampton Classic, and we had a couple weeks to kill, and he had clients that lived in Mars. So I actually stayed in Mars, Pennsylvania for two weeks, Hannah. Wow. Two weeks in Mars, Pennsylvania. And I got to go drive to the very top of the hill to like overlook the city. That's all I really remember of Pittsburgh was being able to uh, go look look down at it. Oh, it was a beautiful view. But I thought that um, Mars, Pennsylvania was probably the strangest place I've ever <laughs> been in my entire life. Is that true, Hannah? I would agree. <laughs> You see you like, little Martians in town, yeah. And yeah, a spaceship, and, yes. Uh-huh. And do you know what happened when I was in Mars, Pennsylvania? Was some sort of bacteria or something. This was in probably 90, yeah, late 90, 99, 98, something like that. Um, they actually found something on Mars. And so... Uh, Mars, Pennsylvania was like descended upon by uh, people and Martian costumes and <laughs> news crews. And I can't remember what happened. And I'm going to Google that because I want to figure it out. But you keep going. Talk, right. about, talk about yourself. So, so Hannah, tell us what, why did you end up in Mars, Pennsylvania? You didn't start here. So. Oh, no, we moved from Northern Virginia um, for my dad's job and my mom's health. 
Oh, okay. And it is very hilly here. Jamie probably remembers that. It, it, you know, we're taking the horse trailer here on this road. And their road, <laughs> the little road to get out to their house, has these S-turns. They're about a lane and a half wide at the bottom of hills and then up. And your farm, Jamie, if you want to get exercise, you come out here and live. Because, oh my God, the top pasture is straight up a mountain. <laughs> it's crazy. There, there's no need really? to go to a gym when you live in. Western Pennsylvania. Dude, are the horses in better shape? I mean, does it help their muscle tone that their pastures are really on the side of a mountain? They are. We were surprised once we moved here how much bigger their butts got from walking up all up and down I all bet. the hills. We have no place to do hill work in Florida. Jen- Jennifer complains about that. That's not a problem here. You have no place to do flat work here. <laughs> yeah. The problem is sometimes it's too steep for a hill to work. It's pretty steep. So our, our uh, trailer is sitting at the bottom of the hill. The house is at the top of the hill and the arena is a hike up the mountain to get to the arena. <laughs> That's a flat spot at the top of the hill. But it's a beautiful view from up there. It is. So what kind of horses do you have and what do you do? Well, I'm an inventor. I currently have two off-the-track thoroughbreds, and the one hopefully is going to the makeover in October. So we're working on getting her ready. She's also lame, though. You, you're you're in bad <laughs> luck right now. Yeah, she decided to put her leg through the fence last Friday. So we mm. are currently oh, on no. stall rest. Mm. For hopefully. Can you take Finn instead? I don't think he'll be ready in time. I don't think it'd be fair. Yeah, what is it, two months away? Yeah. <laughs> Poor Finn isn't it? much done. <laughs> he, he could just love on everybody. He, he could, could. Yeah, and his freestyle, just bring the whole audience out and let them run around and just love lick on every, every, lick lick everyone. Lick everyone, yeah. He'll be a hit. He'll win the voting. It'll be perfect. And you you come from a horsey family. I mean, we had dinner last night, and the, all the... That's unusual. <laughs> but your mom and dad both. Yeah, they both. They um both ride. Um, They actually met. Um, They put on the first road trial um, in... Pennsylvania, I believe, or New Jersey, um, that hadn't been done in 50 years with, Del- with their Dalmatians. And he was an inventor. Mm-hmm. And she was... Mom does a little bit of all around. Okay. Um, she's more of the Western. Um, currently, she does working equitation with her fjord. She has the prettiest fjord with... I mean, this ho- horse did not have a spot on it. It was... It's just a cool-looking fjord. <laughs> and I love them because, you know, I love draft horses. And this one truly is a little draft horse. Oh, she is. She yeah. is quite the porker. <laughs> we, I was being we, kind. <laughs> we like food a lot. <laughs> <laughs> now, I do believe your dad is in the market for a new horse. Is that true? He is. He's unfortunately having to semi-retire his Percheron thoroughbred, who's 18. So he is it on the really lookout. really cool. That's a cool horse. <laughs> he's on the lookout for his next one. All right. Well, he sent me a message, so I'm I'm looking. I'm keeping my eyes out. Let me know what he's looking for. I will do. All right. Look at that. You're going to have two horses come from Horse and Hound before. And he he was an inventor. Mm-hmm. He actually invented Jamie at the same time as Jennifer in the same area. So they were probably at the same shows. Wow. It's a cool. small world. It's a very small world. <laughs> he's a serious horse guy. I mean, uh, and it's so nice for you to have a guy that knows about horses around here who knows how to take care of horse trailers and barns mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. And she I was going to say, careful, because having a guy around that knows a lot about horses can be uh, a negative at times, too, when they tell you how to do your business. Is that true, Hannah? Or are you denying that because you know he's going to listen later? I will deny that. <laughs> 
<laughs> they are also listeners to the show. A little more outside leg. No, stop that. Get right rain. Use a little more right rain. Okay, perfect. Okay. Uh, why are you doing that? Get off that horse. Let me get on. I'll show you what to do. I'm sure he never does any of that. Oh, no. No, no. Oh, no. no. Or my mother. <laughs> So, so it is a cool place. What what is the area like? Are there a lot? Are there a lot of horse farms on the sides of mountains here? Believe it or not, there are. It's a big hunter jumper area. Um, there's also some western, and then the eventing is slow, but they're trying to rebuild it back up. Oh, at Pony Club 4-H, mm-hmm. yeah. there's Pony. Yep, Pony Club and 4-H are out here. Mm-hmm. And you work at a tax shop, but you work down in Pittsburgh. I guess everybody works in Pittsburgh. There's no, <laughs> <laughs> there, yeah. <laughs> Unless you're working for the Mars store in town, you're, you're working in Pittsburgh. By uh, the way, speaking of Mars, I would like to tell you: while I was in Mars, Pennsylvania, there was this happened 20 years ago. NASA scientists and their colleagues announced they had spotted possible signs of Mars life in a meteorite. And apparently the claim ignited a scientific controversy that lingers to this day. And I was there in Mars and it was insane. <laughs> Do they have like uh, Mars days where everybody shows up in Martian costumes and there's a big fair? Honestly, I don't know. Which I should know. <laughs> oh, you should know that. I don't, I don't and know that and if they that. do, we expect pictures of you in your Martian costume next Mars days, uh, riding your horse. <laughs> That'd be perfect. What could go wrong? What right? could possibly go wrong? So StateLine Tech is our sponsor for this episode right now. If you go to StateLineTech.com, they're having their summer clearance blowout. And I was just on there, and it's like a lot of pages. It's a lot of pages of stuff that's on sale. They have, uh, right now, I was seeing they have mesh uh, neck fly sheets for $18. They have fly boots for $19. and But just halters and bridles and helmets and all just different kinds of stuff. They have 10 pages of stuff. So head on over there right now to statelinetech.com and get your sale items today. It's called the Unbelievable Barn Bargains at statelinetech.com. So w- tell everybody what my favorite equid in the barn was. Uh, his favorite is Mr. Eddie, the donkey. <laughs> Edward, the donkey. The mini donkey. The cutest little, little donkey here. <laughs> it is really cute. Is it a zombie donkey? No. No? No? No. This one's normal, not possessed. Well, I want to say he's normal. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks he's a horse. Why do you have a donkey? Is this for protection from the wild people coming up from Pittsburgh? <laughs> we got him when we lived in Virginia, when we had chickens, um, because the wildlife kept taking the chickens. So we read that if you get a donkey, they will keep because they're very territorial. And he did a great job. Um, we just didn't plan on the raccoon getting in the coop and us not seeing it. So there was a slight chicken massacre. Um, but he has fallen in love with all the horses and like he'll run in the field and the horse will follow single file behind him. And he's the barn clown. You showed me a video of, uh, of Edward, uh, having a good time with one of the horses, rearing and cavorting. Edward does not back down, and he's about comes up to my knees. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's so cute. You, that's, so Jamie screwed up. She, you, know, some, you know, animals get at her chickens, too, and she got a, she got a plastic horse, Steve. <laughs> and I don't know that this is going to help with the coyotes. He's going to scare them all away. 
she got the wrong thing altogether. <laughs> so uh, before we get on to our health segment today, uh, t- tell us, to, tonight we have a meetup, and you arranged this one, so where are we going? And uh, if you're listening to this, before 6.30 tonight, you can meet us, and you're in Western Pennsylvania. So tonight at 6.30, we'll be at the Clubhouse in Gibsonia. Meeting Which for dinner. Sounds like a strip club name, to be honest, the clubhouse, <laughs> but it's not, right? No. no. Okay. No. We're not going to a strip club. It's a restaurant. <laughs> yes. Okay. So that's where we're doing the meetup. We have a lot of listeners in this area, so I hope they come out tonight. Forget the weather. You guys are used to rain. So uh, it has been literally pouring here all night and today. <laughs> we won't be doing much outside stuff today. And I also wanted to remind everybody, and we have like 20 to 25 people signed up for this. On Saturday, we're going to be at Hablin Hills Farm, which is in in Damascus, Maryland. That's Jacqueline Burke's place, who I think co-hosted for me a little bit ago. Uh, We're going to be there, and we're having a picnic at her farm from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time and Hablin Hills, and I know a bunch of you have signed up for that, so we hope to see you there. Her husband is doing all the food, and we really appreciate her putting this on, and she is also an eventing barn, and she said that they're going to put on an eventing demonstration because she has cross-country course and all that stuff, So, uh, and she promised Jennifer would be able to ride, so there's that. So <laughs> I think I think she's, supposed to, she's very happy about that. But right now, we have to get on to our health segment, and it's brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, and I saw a post on... The auditor page or one of the pages here recently about strangles and i thought well, you know we haven't covered strangles in a long time so i looked back and it's been since 2017 and we had dr uh, michelle frazier on from haggard equine who did a great explanation of what strangles is and yes i was grossed out the entire time uh but i think we should revisit that one and let's take a look listen to that it's time for the horses in the morning horse health report when our intrepid hosts, la, 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 together la. with an unlucky member of the Mine equine veterinary trade, attempt to inform, enlighten, or terrify horse owners everywhere into funding a Kickstarter campaign to mass-produce Kevlar-coated, bubble-wrap-lined equine products. That bumper it has never been more appropriate than today. This is just as awesome as it gets when you're talking about, I hope you guys are sitting down having breakfast right now, <laughs> because... I am. This I am leaving is Glenn's for a weight while. loss plan. I am leaving <laughs> no. for a while, <laughs> and Jennifer's Glenn's taking waiting. over. Uh, yeah. Jennifer's gonna go, going to lead this interview because Dr. Frazier, I love you, but I can't be here. I just, <laughs> I just can't do it. Uh, this goes no. beyond horse husband responsibilities. Here, this is way <laughs> beyond anything I signed up for. So. You know what? We'll we'll make there sure Jennifer sees about strangles. Yeah, yeah. And Jennifer. <laughs> one of the real reasons we're handing this off to Jennifer. She worked at a breeding barn with hundreds and hundreds of babies and had strangles all the time. So she actually has dealt with this uh, probably a lot more than any of us has. So uh, take away, Jennifer. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm going outside yeah. and going to pet my pony. So uh, <laughs> I I I know way more about the chemicals of equine snot than a sh- person should. <laughs> So, Dr. Frazier, well, I think what we should need to start out with is what strangles is. Uh, this whole thing was prompted by a discussion on uh, our auditor's Facebook page because someone's barn had a horse with strangles in it, and it was, it, it was, um, it was treated as no big deal, and other people seem to think of strangles as a really big deal. So explain to us what strangles is and whether or not it should be a big deal. Well, strangles is a bacterial infection by uh, the organism called Streptococcus equi. 
And I personally, I, I think it is a big deal, but not necessarily for the reasons everybody thinks. Most horses that get strangles or strep equi infection do fine. They recover, uh, they have no long-term effects, and, and it's no big deal in that sense. However, the problem is it's very, very contagious. So one horse with strangles in a barn can quickly spread to all the other horses, and that's when it does become a very big deal. Now, I say most horses do fine. Not always. There's certainly some some pretty scary complications uh, and results that can happen from it. But certainly our big worry is just how rapidly and how aggressively it can spread through a herd of animals. And it sounds like you've experienced that working uh, in, the, in the barn that he was referring to. <laughs> in a big, big, big way. So it's a bacterial infection. How is it spread from horse to horse? It is spread through those nasal secretions. So strangles like snot. to... Spread snot. snot. Go ahead. It's spread through, spread through snot and pus. If, la, if, la, 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 so la, affected la, horses... la, 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 the bacteria likes to live in lymph nodes, and that's, that's how strangles gets the name, is... is the bacteria often affects the lymph nodes around the throat, and as those lymph nodes get larger and larger, they can actually press down on the trachea and thus strangle the horse. And that is certainly a possibility. It's rare, but that's certainly something you want to watch for if you have a horse with strangles, is to make sure those lymph nodes are not pressing on the trachea and the throat and make sure your horse can breathe appropriately. But as those lymph nodes uh, potentially rupture and start to drain, this is probably when you want to go pet the pony again, and that nasty pus starts draining out of those lymph nodes. Uh, that is is where other horses can then get the bacteria. Also from the, the snot, the, the nasty pus pouring out of the nose, and that's where other horses can get the organism. Now, um, is it called blind strangles? Because sometimes those pockets of pus don't appear on the lymph nodes on their throat. They can go elsewhere, can they not? They can, and I've always heard it referred to as bastard strangles, and that's oh, that's when, the word I'm looking for. Yeah, well, first, first and, letter was right. There we go. Well, I, 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 it could be some people may call it that. I'm not familiar with that, but that may be a name too. But that's um, I'm sorry, it, we don't allow fact. language like that on our show, Doctor Fraser. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on, carry oh, on. <laughs> talk like that, get haggard. You back- don't talk like that here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> um, so that's when, uh, I'll, I'll just say the, the bee strangles. That's when uh, the <laughs> organism goes to other lymph nodes that are not uh, where we typically expect it to go to or other places in the body. Um, again, it likes to, strangles likes to live in the lymph nodes around the respiratory system, around the throat. It likes to go to the guttural pouches up in the, in the horse's head. But sometimes it'll go to the abdomen, lymph node in the abdomen or some other spot. And that's what we refer to as the bastard strangles. And that certainly, that can be a, a long-term complication. Uh, those abscesses can be in areas that cause a problem. Uh, they can be hard to access to get appropriate antibiotic levels to to treat them. So those can be pretty tough. So how might your average horse owner... Um, suspect and have need to call his vet go, my horse might have strangles. Typical signs are going to be a fever, 
cough, nasal discharge. Now, those are very common signs for many things. So certainly every time your horse coughs, every time you see a little nasal discharge, it's not strangles. But it should always kind of be in the back of your mind of, oh, could this be, you know, did a new horse come into the barn? Was there a shuffling around of, of you know, where horses were, were living on the farm? Has your horse traveled to a show, you know, someplace, some incident like that, that would explain exposure? Um, swollen lift notes, obviously a clinical sign. Don't always see the swollen lift notes. As I said, they can go to other parts of the body or sometimes the worst cases are the, the lymph nodes, the, the swelling is, is actually um, interior and you don't see it. And that's when it, the horse really can get in trouble because that swelling is pressing down on the, on the trachea. Um, and, and you don't see those lymph nodes, obviously, um, externally to be able to access them and to potentially aspirate them. Is there a, is there a definitive, um, like a swab test or something you can do? So you have a horse there that... Is. You go, well, he might be, he might have strangles. Let's find out right away rather than waiting seven more days of exposure to find out. Definitely. And that is one of the good things about strangles is we have several ways to get a diagnosis. Um, and, and that is very helpful. So there are two ways we can do it. We can do a, what's called a PCR or a culture. So basically we're going to get a sample of that pus, um, snot, whatever, and send it to a lab, and which you do, the PCR versus the culture, probably depends on where you're located, what, what lab, you know, what process your lab has access to. Either one is fine. Um, and they're going to either try to grow or try to, um, in the lab, identify the streptococcus equi organism. And they're very efficient at doing that. And so you can have an answer within two to three days. Well, that, that could be very useful because... You, know, you don't want to give it to everybody else. So now here's oh, you, sorry, go ahead. you go ahead and you've discovered that your horse, a horse has um, strangles. Is there a treatment protocol? Because I know there are, there are a lot of varying opinions on whether or not to do anything about it besides um, isolate the animal. Is there a treatment protocol for strangles? Uh, that's one of those, ask 10 people and you'll get 10 different answers. So, so of there's course. that protocol. Yes. Um, here's my, my opinion. And, and certainly, um, everybody's veterinarian may have a different opinion and, and that veterinarian is going to be looking at your individual circumstance. So, so what I say, you know, may or may not apply, but in my opinion, if I have a happy, healthy adult horse that gets strangles, obviously it's not a happy, healthy adult then, but you know, prior to it, there's no, um, other issues going on, then I will just let them ride it out and, and carry on um, until their body clears the organism. Unless they have a guttural pouch infection, and we should talk about that in a minute. But if it's just some swollen lymph nodes, they're doing okay, there's no big crazy fevers, they're still eating, the animal's able to take care of himself, then I will let it ride its course. If it's a young animal, if it's a foal or a, a weanling type age, if the horse is having crazy, you know, 104, 105 fevers, if it's an older horse that maybe has some other health issues going on, then those horses I think you need to treat. Uh, treatment is twofold. One, antibiotics, um, potassium or penicillin, be it potassium or procaine, are the antibiotics of choice. Sometimes trimethoprim sulfa will get it, but it's certainly not as strong or as effective as the penicillin. The second line of treatment is the guttural pouch. And we haven't talked about that yet, 
but sounds lovely. the infection can go to the, yes, yes. So the guttural pouch is that big, it's about the size of a grapefruit and it's just a big air filled um, area in the horse's skull right underneath their ear. And there's one on each side under each ear and strangles loves to hide there. And that's the problem is it can hide there in what appears to be a happy, healthy horse. And then that horse can infect other horses. So that's when it gets really tricky is you've got a horse that gives you no clinical signs of strangles, yet it's hiding in their guttural pouch and they can infect other horses. So anyway, when you have a sick horse, you want to probably look in their guttural pouches and make sure they don't have any pus in there. If they do, then that's when it gets really nasty. You've got to get a scope in there, lavage it out, put some antibiotics directly into the guttural pouch and try to clear it that way. And this is why we don't want it to spread, people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because I'm going to be the one with a horse with an infected guttural pouch. <laughs> and I, yeah, and it's tough. It's estimated when, if you have a strangles outbreak on a farm, um, at least half of the time, sometimes over half of the time, at least one horse is going to become a chronic asymptomatic carrier. So one of those horses that got exposed, they may or may have not have had clinical signs. They're going to have strep equine hiding in their guttural pouch for at least several weeks, if not months, and they are able to infect other horses. Now, they're not shedding the organism to the same degree as if they had snot pouring out of their nose. So it's not as contagious, but it's still got potential to be spread to other horses that way. And you can't ask your horse to wash his hands either. So, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, this is a curiosity question. If you have a horse that has a compromised respiratory system to begin with, for example, a horse with um, minor seasonal allergies or a horse that is perhaps going to be prone to heaves, is that horse going to be at higher risk for permanent damage if he gets strangled? Not necessarily. Typically, strangles is going to affect those lymph nodes and not make it down to the lungs. Now, sometimes it does, and then, yes, those horses are going to be more predisposed to have to have some more scarring or, or potential long-term damage. But if it's just your run-of-the-mill, if you will, strangles case that affects the lymph nodes in the upper respiratory tract and the horse is able to clear those appropriately, then, no, shouldn't should not matter. Cool. So... The big $10,000 question is um, prevention and protocol when there is a horse in your barn that has been diagnosed with strangles. Because that's about what it's going to save um, you on your vet bill. So that's good question. <laughs> that's all yeah. he heard. All that's all I heard was save that $10,000 vet bill. <laughs> Oh, and, and that, that truly is a problem. It can, it can just spread through a barn, and, and that does make it pretty scary. Um, so protocol, if you have a positive horse, uh, first thing, you want to get that horse isolated, obviously. And remember that all those nasal secretions are uh, a potential source of infection for other horses. So no shared water buckets. Don't, uh, don't clean the animal up in the shared uh, uh you know, water rack or whatever, you want to keep that horse as isolated as possible. The organism does not live in the environment very long, so that's good. We used to think that it did, but now we know it, it, it doesn't live on fence posts. It doesn't live in the, in the ground, per se. Okay, now, it hides about 22 horses. years ago, about 22 years ago, I would really have loved to have known that 
Because it would have saved us a lot of power washing of barns. Really? A lot. Well, we would have all loved to know that 22 <laughs> years ago because we'll see what happened is, you you know, you'd have no obvious strangles and then it would just pop up in a horse. And so everyone thought, well, it's got to be somewhere in the environment because yeah, when in know, fact, no new horses have come carrier. in. Yeah, but exactly, it's carrier. that silent, asymptomatic carrier. And finding that horse is difficult and can be expensive. And the way to find that horse is to start scoping guttural pouches. And that is not an easy process. There's a bit of a finesse to get us. Well, first of all, you've got to have an endoscope. And unless that's something that a veterinarian is doing every day, they may not have that piece of equipment. It, it, you know, it's not necessarily considered a routine piece of equipment. So you've got to scope and, and look in the pouches. Um, even that's not enough. Sometimes it's obvious. So, you know, there's a big pus pocket. Well, there it is. But sometimes it can be microscopic. So we lavage the guttural pouch or we, we put some sterile fluid through it. We catch that fluid as it comes out of the nose and then test it, be it culture or PCR, for strangles. Now, and you could miss it on one test. So we recommend testing two to three times. So you can imagine the volume of testing, you know, 100 horses on your farm with this complicated, intricate procedure two to three times. It's crazy. Yeah. So for the purpose of prevention, in other words, you don't want strangles to come into your facility, you have a new horse come in. You have no idea where he's been, what he's been doing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What is an appropriate amount of time to quarantine a new horse or quarantine a horse that has already been diagnosed? Okay. Um, a new horse that you have no reason to think they have strangles, a couple weeks should be ideal. You should see clinical signs uh, within a couple weeks, unless they're one of those asymptomatic carriers that's going to harbor it for well, months then you're just and months, even years. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> unless scary. now some barns, some barns will require that you do a PCR, that you do that guttural pouch lavage, uh, and get a sample and test it for strangles. Maybe not three of them, but at least one, and have that be negative before they let a new horse come in. And we certainly have some barns around here that that do require that. So, so that's a reasonable thing. If you're concerned, if you're in a, a high-risk area, um, is have that horse. And by high-risk, I mean if you've got a horse that you know maybe was exposed in the past, you know they travel a lot, there's a lot of potential, is you can test that horse with the culture or PCR from their guttural pouch before you enter them into your general population. Wow. Now, I would say no matter what, though, isolate as best you can for a week or two, just not only for strangles, but for all the other potential uh, mm-hmm. things that the, that a new horse could have. Anybody up for mm-hmm. some lunch? And then what about a horse that's already been diagnosed? How long does he have to stay all by his little lonesome? That is very variable. When I have a horse here and when I'm and, – and incidentally, at least in Kentucky, uh, strangles is a reportable disease now. So when I have a horse that I I know has strangled, I'm calling my state veterinarian to let them know. And the protocol that we typically have is that we want three negative guttural pouch samples after the resolution of clinical signs before we consider that horse to be disease-free. That could be weeks, couldn't it? Weeks and weeks. Yes. Oh, yes. It could be months. I mean, literally, it could yeah. it could be months. Horses have been reported to carry this in their guttural pouch for several years, even. Now, that is not wow. that's not the norm. So don't you know? I don't want anybody to panic if they have a horse with strangles. <laughs> it's usually not that. It's usually not that extreme, but it is possible, and it is something you need to consider. Now, as far as prevention, there is also a vaccine, and you'll get quite a few opinions on 
the effectiveness of the vaccine also. Um, and I find it to not be as effective as some vaccines, although certainly your veterinarian and your circumstance is going to be the best one to tell you if, if this vaccine is appropriate uh, to give to your horses. I do warn people that if you have a strangled outbreak, be careful giving the vaccine after the horse has been exposed because you can get another disease called purpura hemorrhagica, which is a, a kind Ooh, of a reaction of the... Yeah, I don't know if you've had one of those. If you you may have had one of those if you've been dealing with that many strangled horses on a farm. Yeah, you don't want to go there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Add another so comment to your vet bill. <laughs> so the, that's something you definitely want to talk to your veterinarian um, on the vaccine protocol, especially if you've had a an outbreak at the farm. Yeah. Well, you've just caused half the people listening to this podcast to. Um, run out and get themselves some liquor because they're freaked out now. But <laughs> thank you very much, Dr. Frazier, for explaining all of the facts and figures about yeah, strangles Dr. because you don't Dr. hear about Frazier. it as much as you used to, but Look, my husband and I yeah. are building a facility and uh, in Oklahoma, we're kind of in the process of designing it. And I just realized that I need to have like a quarantine area in my, <laughs> my farm. You scared me to death. We need to have a separate pasture for the new horses. <laughs> Well, yeah. I was going to say, you know, instead of if uh, assuming it's a horse that's okay to go outside and, and there's not a reason they need to stay in, I think uh, an outside paddock is the best place to put those horses because the sun and the and the elements in the environment will kill the strep equi far faster than than in the barn. So you might still be power washing your barn, but uh, you know what I mean. If you if you put a horse out in a paddock and it turns out it does have strangles and there's snot and pus all over the fence posts, the sun and the elements are going to help you get rid of that out of the environment um, pretty quickly. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Well, thank oh, you so much. Portland for... had something clever to say and he was on mute. Oh. <laughs> I said you're God. moving to Oklahoma so the tornadoes will help too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Great. Thank you. <laughs> Put him back on mute, Jennifer. <laughs> Dr. Frazier, thank you so much okay. for calling in. And, and, and Haggard is the place you they can find you. It's Haggard.com. Here I am hanging out with Janet Geyer, the lady who invented Daily Dose Equine horse feeds. All of those formulas are from her big brain. And the latest in the lineup of non-GMO verified horse feeds is something called Mass No Sass, which I think is adorable. So what led you to develop this feed and who's it for? Well, okay. So uh, I have a horse named Charlie. And Charlie was actually eating carb buster. But what we were doing was adding a lot of barley into his feed. And we were going through bags of carb buster and bags of um, barley. And I thought to myself, why don't I just make a feed out of this? It would be perfect for all these horses that need extra weight, but they don't necessarily need to get hot on something like oats. So what we did is create the product, which is Mass No Sass which is uh, basically made of alfalfa and timothy hay. And then we put some barley in it, which digests in the foregut, keeping them nice and calm. Uh, we put in a lot of vitamins and minerals. That's how it all got started. Charlie's fault. <laughs> it's Charlie's fault. So this is an ideal feed for what you might call hot-blooded horses, the thoroughbreds, the Arabians, right. the horses that, that need those calories because they have a, a metabolism that requires it but they really don't right. need any extra energy of the naughty sort. Right, exactly. It keeps them nice and calm. 
Um, it's got a lot of fat in it, so it's 15% fat. It's 21% fiber, so it's really healthy. And uh, they seem to really enjoy it, which is nice. Something that's a little bit different about daily dose equine horse feeds too is the feeding rate is a little bit different than most commercial feeds because you don't have the extra stuff in there. So what is the recommended feeding rate to get your horse started on masnosas? Masnosas should be fed at a rate of four pounds a day for an eleven hundred pound horse. That's pretty if low. You've got a really skinny guy. <laughs> You could go up to five, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's pretty low. We also added in some edible clay into this formula as well as lysine. So lysine is the first uh, rate-limiting amino acid. And uh, we added that in along with canola oil and peas. There we so go. the omegas are really great in there and uh, the horses just love it. It's not just high in fat, it's high in the good kinds of fat. Exactly. There we go. That makes a difference. So if you want to learn more about Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds or find a local dealer near you, you can go to www.dailydoseequine.com. Or alternately, if you need to buy yourself a bag or three of Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds, and there are six different formulas, you can go to Chewy.com, and there you will find fast and convenient nationwide shipping. Yeah. So let, me, let me jump in here yeah. because I just went to Hannah's Facebook page uh -oh. and you are not lying about that horse licking your face. Oh my God. <laughs> it does. Did it yesterday. He is, he is grooming every inch of your body <laughs> with his tongue on your yeah. face. Like, I mean, every inch of your face. Have like, you ever seen a horse do that before? I, I mean, I've never seen a horse do that to where I wouldn't be worried about them nipping me, but that's not a concern. He's, like he's licking her with the back of the tongue. It's very it's, disturbing. It is very odd. It's, Every night. It's really and I wonder odd. why my acne is really bad right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's clogging your pores with his horse snot. I can't wait till oh your boyfriend God, sees that for the first time and goes, uh, I'm out. That's it. <laughs> well, there is no boyfriend. Oh, uh, so. wait a minute. Okay. There we go. Don't let him see that, no. okay? That's he is—he is precious. Oh my gosh, that is adorable. He's, he so. is the sweetest. He is the sweetest horse ever. He really is. All right, Aww. so so she, Jamie wasn't lying about that. No. no, now this is the horse too. By the way, Glenn, just so you know, Sebastian Haas. I'm putting it all together. Used to be owned was owned and bred by Toby Keith, the country singer. Did really? you know that, Hannah? I did not know that. Yeah, oh, look he, at was that. Toby Keith, he was Toby mm -hmm. Keith's horse. And every time I drive by Toby Keith's house, who, uh, by the way, lives like, I mean, one of his mansions is down the street from us, probably about three miles away. And every time I drive by there, I see these big, beautiful fields that like they're mowed so you can see the lines in it and, and just gorgeous uh, acres and acres of empty fields. And I'm, I lean out my car and I go, you should be putting your racehorses out here. <laughs> Why are these empty? Good Lord.
already going to have a racehorse. You've got to retire it here. i got to send one up to Hannah up in <laughs> Mars, Pennsylvania, because you won't get your work done around here. Oh, my God. It irritates me. But anyway, that's just me. He's probably like, who's that weird girl driving by again? Somebody's yelling at us. I don't know what she's saying. There's a reason you've never been invited in. All right. You get, no, you get ready stops. to do weird news, and I'm going to thank, I'm going to thank Mom and Dad also for having us here at the farm. And Nancy is made wonderful dinner last mm-hmm. night. And she is also gluten-free, and she made the best gluten-free carrot I never had gluten-free carrot cake before, but it was so good. I'm going to be taking some of those with me. <laughs> oh, happy, yeah. Yeah, those were really good. And uh, she also has chronic Lyme, so we spend a lot of time talking about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been through the th- same things in life. So uh, she's gluten-free, and you're gluten-free. So I was with my people last <laughs> night, Jamie. <laughs> These were my I people. I love it. <laughs> These were my people. They understood me. Uh, poor- it's like being a vegetarian getting invited to somebody's house who's a vegetarian you're like what there's other people like me this is great it's very low stress i gotta tell you it was really difficult for me because i've heard you whine about this for 10 years so um when we were doing the the meetup in lexington i was like jamie what us non-vegetarians have no idea what to buy (laughs) we don't i think that's part of the problem we just have no idea yeah, so, pretty much what you can do is just walk out into your yard because we're vegetarians. Just clip some grass and pull some bark off. I almost tree. did that, but you, you said that wasn't good. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do <laughs> You're ready to do some weird news? I am. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. Now, since I had to miss last week, I have two weeks of weird news. So I would like to thank all the submitters, Anna, Claire, Jennifer, Tiana, Nikki, Glenn, Laureen, Olivia, and JoLynn. And if I forgot you, I'm sorry. If I don't get to your news story this time, I'm saving it for next week because this is a lot of really good stuff. And, uh, you know, I I don't like to tell people who sent what because, oh, by the way, also Sarah, duh, Sarah, uh, who, who sent what news story because nobody needs to know your business where you get your news. Like this first one that I clearly just dimed out. This was from Sarah. <laughs> Actually, I think a couple people sent me this one. And, um, here's the thing, Glenn, we are going to go to Asia. We're going to go to Singapore. Actually, we're going to go to Singapore. Not Florida. Wow. No, yeah. not yet. <laughs> not yet. We'll get there. Uh, so we're going to go to Singapore because it's woman, she freaks out. She's like, oh, my gosh. I hear the, the like, she she heard the snake in her house. Um, I'm not quite, she said that, let's see, I'm sorry. I'm having to pull this. It's on an email. So animal rescues, rescuers came to her house, and her name is Ziyan, because of a hissing cobra, she could hear a hissing cobra in her house, and she just freaked burn out. it down. Just don't even bother <laughs> with the snake catcher. <laughs> I mean, why? Why is there a hissing cobra? And she calls this welfare group, Acres, is called, and to to come out to her house in Singapore because there is a hissing cobra in her bedroom, Glenn. Not just in her house, in her bedroom. So they searched and searched and they turned this home upside down and they searched the home for an hour and they finally found the hissing cobra. 
Do you know what the hissing cobra was? No. She had dropped uh, an Oral-B electric toothbrush, and it was malfunctioning. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the hissing cobra that had rescuers tearing her house apart was a Oral-B toothbrush that was manufactured. That was malfunctioning. And I would have burned the house down first. <laughs> exactly. Never burn it down first, okay? Never burn it down first. All right, let's move to uh, hit me another hit me the music. Um, I don't have the in-between music. Oh, I do. Wait a minute. There you go. Let people know we're going to another part of the world. And this time we are going to San Francisco. Going We don't get California very often. And there's some weird crap happening in California. I feel like we do a a fair share of California. No, I really think it should exceed Florida. I really do. (laughs) I mean, you'd think surface area, square miles, yes, but no, Florida still wins. Um, So this is a big story in San Francisco. It's in Bernal Heights. An ABC affiliate reported this story, and officials are asking the public for help. And there's a photo of a woman who's wearing like a top knot and uh, is sitting in a field of grass, dead grass, but a field of something. She's sitting down. She's wearing a hot pink sweatshirt. And officials are looking for this woman. Has anybody seen this woman? Does anybody know this woman? Because we need to find her. She's sitting in the grass, Glen, relaxing. It looks like there would be a picnic near her. But no, upon closer inspection, it is a plate of raw meat. She is sitting in a field with a plate of raw meat. And here's the issue. She is um she is feeding coyotes <laughs> by hand. <laughs> and this is causing some problems <laughs> in San Francisco. It is not a good thing to teach coyotes to come right up to humans and eat out of their hand, raw meat. So uh, the shelter and all of San Francisco is looking for this woman. She should not be that hard to find uh, because she's very unique looking. But so far, the shelter has not managed to find the woman, but they're optimistic. Somebody who uh, works for the shelter is. Um, And uh, they also go on to say, when coyotes expect foods from humans, as with any wildlife, they lose their natural wariness of people and they begin to see people as a source of food. So this woman has been packing raw meat into the field, sitting down and feeding wild coyotes. They actually uh, had a coyote that approached toddlers at a San Francisco botanical garden, which had to be euthanized. Like this is causing a lot of problems. So anyway, weird news, Google it, see the picture. If you're in San Francisco and get this woman out of there. It's a weird news story. You want it. And not everyone's going to be funny, I guess. Um, but we're going to head. <laughs> I felt bad gonna... for the coyotes. I know. No soul, Glenn. You're not allowed to have a soul in weird news either. Um, because if you did, you'd be very Pretty much jealous. when you listen to this show, you shouldn't have a soul is what it's coming down yeah. to. <laughs> we're going to say things. You know, we don't write them. We just report them. Uh, police in South Korea said that they are investigating after a man bought a used... I mean, only in South Korea would you buy a specific fridge called the kimchi fridge. <laughs> uh, a man bought a used kimchi fridge online 
he took it home. He's like, apparently, the, the he bought it online. It was delivered. Oh, this is going to be gross. I can tell. <laughs> no, it is not going to be gross. Um, investigators said they were working online to identify the seller of the refrigerator because he found taped to the bottom of the kimchi fridge $130,000 in cash. $130,000 in cash taped to the bottom of a kimchi refrigerator. So the problem with that is the guy knows who he sold the refrigerator to. And when he figures out his money's gone, he's coming for you. Mm. Mm. South Korea's lost and found act states that the cash will become the property of the man who bought the fridge. If the rightful owner can't be tracked down. Duh. I'd Um, I'd be like, you take it. I don't want to get killed in my house. The money will then become the property of the state. If it is found to have been involved in a crime in a 2016 report, the Korea times documented a trend of people keeping their money stored in kimchi refrigerators. <laughs> Apparently, the low end. No mad, bit. no Maytag refrigerators don't get money. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Kimchi fridges. That's it. Uh, there. Apparently, there's a record low bank interest rates in South Korea, and the report goes on to say that the average kimchi fridge can hold up to $895,200 in cash. So this is a documented thing. You know what? I'm going to start buying kimchi Everybody's fridges. on Facebook now looking up kimchi fridge <laughs> marketplace. Oh, <laughs> we God. had a client when I was when I was doing the investment business. We had a client who, I went out to her house a couple times. Uh, she started finally investing money because she had been saving in her house, literally in her walls. By the time she was done over a couple of years, we took $500,000 out of her walls. What? Yes, in cash. She had saved $500,000 in cash in her walls or floors everywhere in the house. If that house had burned down, it would have been gone. See, you would have burned it down because of a a toothbrush malfunctioning. (laughs) And then you would have lost all that money. Do you think kimchi fridges are fireproof, maybe? (gasps) Maybe. What is a kimchi fridge? You Google that. I don't know. I have no idea what a kimchi fridge is. I'll look it up while you do the next story, okay? I know what kimchi is. Yeah. This is, uh, we're we're not going to go to Florida today, Glenn, but we're going to go close. We're going to go to South Carolina, Mountain Rest, South Carolina, because a man is currently in jail for something that he did. He stole, he stole, and I don't know. I mean, I know if you steal a horse in some states, it's still like, you know, we can hang him. Uh, but apparently this man, his name is Garrett. They always have three names. Gary Chase Coble. Uh, was riding a horse down a country lane in Mountain Rest. And uh, apparently the horse was stolen. So dispatch told deputies that Colville had warrants out for his arrest, according to the incident report and apparently some other warrants besides just stealing a horse. So the report, you know what? We got to get out there and get him. We going to go out to Gary Chase Cole's house. I'm just going to play this out for you. Um, uh, you know, you might be the police officer who's going to knock on the door. I'm going to knock, 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 knock. This is the police. We need you to open up. <laughs> Why oh, do your police gonna... always have Southern accents, even if they live this somewhere is, else? This is, this is South Carolina. I know, but uh, <laughs> even when they live somewhere else, they all have Southern accents. <laughs> <laughs> this is the police. Open up. You ain't going to open up. I'm going to kick this door down. 
All right, fine. Here we come. Three, two, one. Kaboom! Kicks the door down. What on earth is there doing horse poo in the... Why is there horse poo in this living room? Oh, my God! There's a horse in here. A full-size quarter horse was found standing in the middle of a bedroom that Koble was found in. So he <laughs> stole the horse, took the horse home, rode it into his house. And when the police came, he took the horse into the bedroom and closed the door. <laughs> Maybe they won't find us. Did he try and stuff it under the bed? Please tell me. He was, he was sticking with his feet out under the bed. <laughs> All it says here that was a full-size quarter horse was found standing in the middle of the bedroom that Koble was found in. The horse appeared to be calm. Oh, this is a police quote. Horse appeared to be calm, and I continued following Koble into the bathroom. <laughs> I guess he's going to hide in the bathroom, where I was able to successfully place him in custody for the warrants. And uh, they were able to find the horse's owners, and they did not want to press charges. Uh, you know, the horse is valued at $6,500, and the animal did have a laceration on the front leg that was not there before. So he's going to be seeing the bet. Thrashing this around is the a house. lot of details, but yeah. <laughs> Um, Cobble 31 was charged with stealing livestock. And apparently there's a list of other charges like burglaries, thefts, all sorts of things. Yeah. But anyway, the horse has been returned to his rightful owner. I, I'm going to be honest, though. I know you horsewomen, and half of you, if not more than half of you, would love to bring your horses in the house. Am I right, Hannah? Well, uh, the donkey and the mini have made it. See? Into the there house. you go. <laughs> in your bedroom? No. Oh, okay, all right. No. Just checking. <laughs> My bedroom wouldn't be big enough for a horse. <laughs> would fit in there. And Jamie, have you? We did uh, one time brought my pony when I had pneumonia and I I didn't I was sick for a month. Uh, Jennifer brought the pony into the house to visit with me in the mm. house. So that, I mean, but you were sick. That was really sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one time we've done it. I've been a part of my, at Monty's house where they will bring Shy Boy and Monty has a saloon uh, that's attached to his garage. It's funny because he does yeah. actually drink. It's the coolest room ever. It's like <laughs> we brought Shy Boy into it for Shy Boy's 20, 20th birthday. Oh, no, that's I think cool. he's. Yeah, we had to put a diaper on him, but he didn't even move. <laughs> and Shively plays pool. They have a pool table, and he will move the balls over his nose. It's really cute. <laughs> That's funny. All right, uh, is that the last one? Or we have that was the last. That's one. the last I, one. Well, I thank you, thank you to more. everybody who submitted those. We really appreciate you submitting. And how do they do that? Uh, just send me an email, Jamie at horseradionetwork.com. And you must, if I am to find it, put weird news in the subject line. I did get a couple of Facebook messages, but I can't transfer those over because I can't email them over. So anyway, uh, Jamie at horseradionetwork.com, weird news in the subject line. Very good. And I did want to mention before we uh, wrap up the show, we will have an auditor post show. And so all the auditors should hang on. And what did you tell me, Hannah, was your favorite part of our show? The auditor. Post show. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Apparently I've heard that from everybody, Jamie. So uh so and I asked I asked also asked Hannah, I said, Are you tired of really bad ads? We've been doing it for ten years. We've probably read five to six thousand ads now. <laughs> I mean it has to be that, doesn't it, Jamie? I mean, yeah, really I mean I would I'm tired of it, so <laughs> tell think? tell her what you told me. We are not sick of it at all. Tell her nope. what your mom and dad told me. They said, Don't get rid of it. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I wonder how many people... Now, her mom and dad were forced to listen in the beginning. I think they might voluntarily a little bit listen now, but they were forced to listen because she had it on in the barn and in the car, and apparently whatever Hannah says goes. So uh, we know who ro- runs this family. Um, I wonder how many pa- uh, husbands or uh, fa- mother and fathers or children have been forced to listen to our show and actually like it. wonder what the ratio is of the ones who like it and the ones who absolutely hate us and think we're the worst scum in the world. What do you think, Jamie? What's that ratio? 50-50? Uh, is it that high? I don't think anybody thinks we're scum. I think we're doing what we do, which is entertaining everybody. But uh, yeah, you, uh, Jennifer, I mean, you might be scum. Jennifer's here. She gets the hate mail. Uh, what ratio is it, Jennifer, do you think? Uh, How, do we actually get a lot of hate mail? What? 89%. 89% she said hate us. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right. So, two things. One, I saw Equiderma Products, one of our sponsors. Mm-hmm. It's always cool. You know, we talk about all these products, Jamie, and we talk about them every day, all week. And but people actually buy them, which is really incredible. So, which one do you use? I use the Equiderma Skin Lotion. And on all the horses, or specific for specific things, or what? Um, I used it on all of them. Um, my thoroughbred mare had really bad scratches this winter that I could not get rid of with anything, and that was the only thing. And what do we say that's good for? Oh, scratches man, is one of the things. Because yeah. mm-hmm. this, one of these horses that came in has some scratches on his little white pastern, uh, the skin lotion. But I did cover it in the the, the cream. Yeah, that's the what Jennifer uses. Cream. Yeah, that's what Jennifer uses yeah. too. So um, also, you got to try... Or, zinc. That's a, what I use. Actually, your friend Sarah was here. Yes. Who, by the way, is as tall as me. She's so <laughs> Um So she was here, and she got to try... The Shaken Fork. Mm-hmm. So, for those that don't know, the Shaken Fork is an, is an automated fork. It has a trigger, it has a battery, and the head shakes itself. So, it really does. We've been advertising these for years. If you're a new listener, it's part of the Equity family. The Flexen Fork is the non-shaky one, and the shaky one is the Shaken Fork. So, she got to try it. She was cleaning stalls. I brought it. I came running over with it and said, you got to try this. And get, tell us her reaction. She really liked it, <laughs> like really, really liked it. And I have a feeling we'll be, she'll be hinting that we'll be needing to purchase one in the near future with but, cleaning the barn for it. But you week. saw how much bedding it does save. Oh, it saves a ton. Yeah. And it's fast. Yes. And, and it's 10 years old. And it still works. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah, Normal pitchfork, you're lucky if it makes it a year. <laughs> yeah, lucky if it makes it a year. So so it's been so fun, take, and I know you do this too, Jamie, taking the shaken fork and having new people try it. Because first thing they do when they press the trigger is giggle. That's the first. Everybody laughs when they first do it. But then they discover it actually works. So she used it then for the rest of the stalls. I noticed that I have to make sure I get that back before we leave, okay? I will. So make sure Maybe. Sarah doesn't steal it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you can find those at equitymfg.com. So we have a special thing we're going to do that we've never done before in the post show. It's very popular on YouTube, and the auditors are going to have to hang around to find out. Do you like being an auditor? I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why should everybody become an auditor that listens to this show? Well, you get super cool extra content at the end, and you get to be part of a really nice, positive Facebook group. We just talk about nothing in the post-show, and apparently people like that, Jamie. <laughs> we don't even have a plan 95% of the time what we're going to talk about. It's just Jamie swearing a lot. Oh, no, it's I fun to listen do. to. No, I never swear a lot. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, Jamie, that's it for today. Tomorrow, uh, Jennifer and Tara are here with a, a brand new fox hunting show. You did a new one this month. And uh, they got t- talking about fox hunting with dad last night. So uh, it, it's uh, going to be here tomorrow. And then we'll be doing some really bad ads. And I think we'll be probably in Maryland for the next show that we do on Friday. So look for that. Hopefully, we'll get some interviews with some of the listeners coming out tonight mm-hmm. for the meetup. We're going to try and do that as well at the strip club. We'll have to go outside where it's quieter. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Jamie. Where do they find you? You can find me on Facebook, Flyover Farm, Jamie Jennings, Certified Money Roberts Instructor. Flyover Farm, Jamie Jennings. You get it, though. Gotcha. Bay, neuter, geld, everybody. Geld, Steve. Geld, Steve. <laughs> geld, Steve. I mean, you know, if he's going to be used as a breeding stallion, he needs to have that address. <laughs> <laughs>